Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very, very excited to bring in my guest, someone I like so much who's been on the show. I've, I've lost track of how many times, so we'll get into that, but a lot. But there's, there's new stuff going on with her, so we will get into that. But first, as you know, I must check in with producer Tony Thaxton so I can tell him the new developments in my life and find out what's going on in his Hello, Tony Thaxton. Hello, Allison. Let me let me ask: is this is this going to be a bug related update? You I know, like I don't want what... I don't want people to put me into a box, <laughs> a bug box, uh-huh. where all I do is talk about bugs. However, it j- you're a it bug co- nut. <laughs> I'm a bug. <laughs> Of enthusiast. No, it's funny. I was talking with a uh, frequent former Thursday show member, Greg Heller, and uh, I was saying that I hate bugs. And he's like, I love insects. And there are people out there who love them. I'm not one of them. And I think they know that. And so they choose to haunt me. But anyway, Tony, it just so happens, despite the hate the gentle hate that you spewed at me, the microaggression of <laughs> accusing me of being someone who only talks about bugs. It turns out that what I have to say is related to bugs. I don't think you only talk about bugs. I think you only talk about bugs to me. That's not true. <laughs> I also ask you just tedious questions about audio I, I'm talking on the show. That's the true. Show. But behind yes. the scenes, what people don't know is tedious audio questions. I check in to make sure you saw on the calendar that like a show is scheduled earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I save the bug stuff for on air. <laughs> um, so anyway, anyway. I talk to our friends over at the Exterminator Company. Don't tell recent guest Bean because I don't – because he feels that it's an unfair bug massacre. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said recently, he should be thrilled to know we had the exterminators out. It didn't work. I still am finding millipedes in our bathroom and I'm still picking them up and I'm carrying them outside. So I spoke with them. And uh, they're going to send someone out to do a termite check where they go under the house. And while they're doing that, they're going to try to look to see if like where these insects are coming in 
my understanding is it can be like minuscule, tiny little things. So I don't know what they're going to see. They're going to like sprinkle some granular product under there. But Alyssa, who is now maybe we'll become friends. I don't know. I've talked to her a few times. She told me that she talked to one of the techs and uh, she talked to one of the techs regarding the quote unquote interesting insects that I'm finding in our bathroom, that being millipedes and slugs. And those insects, are they even insects? I think they are. Whatever they are. They love moisture. So we might have a leak. Mm. Oh, can you play a dun dun dun? We might have a leak. At this point, I'm pretty invested in this story that involves me. <laughs> and I almost hope there's a leak, even though that will mean we have to spend money to fix it. Potentially there's damage. And Sal, our friendly plumber, who we gave thousands of dollars to fix our plumbing a while ago, it will mean that he messed up. So I don't know, but I want it to be a leak because that's something that can be fixed. And then my insect friends can go bug, no pun, someone else. By the way, Tony, and I, I had forgotten about this. I was so traumatized by this. I forgot about it till right now. Guess, and you'll never guess, guess what I found just dead and lurking on my patio. This is something that I didn't even know existed until a friend had a problem with them like two years ago and I nearly threw up. You didn't know this thing existed as in what you found you didn't know existed? Correct. Or I, the, correct. The, okay. Correct. Well, I don't know how to even guess that then. <laughs> I'm going to give you three guesses. This is... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you guess because I'm asking you to guess something that... I found that I didn't know existed. That's there's too many. It's too it's too much like a um a Cohen or something. Uh I found get ready with your dun dun dun. Okay. A lawn shrimp. A lawn Do you even, shrimp. Did you have you even heard of that? I don't think that I have. It's although a- I I'm wondering if maybe because I've definitely seen some bugs that I feel like Maybe are shrimp, somewhat shrimp-like in appearance, but I don't know what they are. Okay. A friend built a house in Studio City, again, with the hyper-local content, and then had a problem with lawn shrimp, which was the first time I ever heard of it. And the idea, they're not even insects, they're crustacean. The idea of like tiny pink miniature, just eh, crustacean, not in the water. Oh, it's so disgusting. And I was like, oh, thank God we don't have this because it really freaks me out. And then I found just one, one glossy reddish pink, tiny little shrimp oh, uh, on the patio. I, say t- I don't, how tiny is tiny? Um, like the size of my pinky nail, uh, okay. youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Let's see. <laughs> like the size of a, a pencil eraser and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very small. I couldn't believe my eyes. Anyway, moving on. And then all my other big news is Mary Lynn. I almost said Mary I almost said Mary Catherine Hand, the name of our guest. Uh oh, I've given it away. Mary Lynn Rice Cub, my mm-hmm. new real life friend, the spin-off from the podcast. We had her on the podcast, we hit it off. We're becoming real life friends. That never happens. Um she and I are planning our next friend date. I mean, Ooh. it's really happening. 
it's impressive. Yeah. You're really doing it. Now, she suggested either we go, should we go on a dog walk or should we get coffee again? Do, do I like to walk or do I prefer to uh, sit and talk? I, I like these options. Up. Choose wisely. I know. Well, here's the thing. I like to walk and I like to sit and talk, but now introducing bringing our dogs into this, I feel like she has like a big dog that does big dog things like goes on hikes and can Mm -hmm. be off leash. And I have like a Muppety crazy (laughs) Cavalier King Charles Spaniel who might be good on a leash, oftentimes is good on a leash or might pull the entire time and be a true nightmare. So I just don't know if I want to introduce that chaos into our friendship, but I right. didn't I didn't say that to her. I just wrote back and I said, ooh, let me think. Both sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that just shows you're open. You're open-minded. You like to explore different options. Right. But then she maybe, wrote- maybe Maybe you need to ask how her dog is. I mean, I guess if she's asking you about a dog walk, her dog must be good with other dogs. That's a fair question, though. And at the very least, yeah. I could buy some time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, enough of all that. I am delighted to bring in Mary Catherine Ham. Like I said, she's been on the show many times. She is a writer. She is a CNN political commentator. Before CNN, she was on Fox. That is where I met her. We both used to do Red Eye. Um, she is the author of the book End of Discussion. She is currently writing on Substack, which I need to ask her about. And... Well, I'll wait to get to that when we introduce her. Please put your hands together for Mary Catherine Ham. Thank you. Hello. Oh, that's welcome. so thrilling. That's so thrilling to hear an audience after it's been a while. I know. It's been a while. Right? <laughs> um, have you heard of Lawn Shrimp? I I think I have vaguely heard that term. The fact that they're so small changed my take on it. I was initially horrified. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they're little, they're they're not bothering me as much as the initial description. Interesting. Especially because I, I know you're, you're getting a lot of bug talk, Tony. Our That's yard right. is full of cicadas. So oh. we, uh, and actually, I'm not sensitive to them. I grew up in the South. I've I've seen them my whole life, listened to them my whole life. They don't gross me out. They gross everybody out. I I kind of think people are being a little drama queeny about them, but they are all over the place right now. And they're large. They're like uh, two inches, right? They're, yeah, two two inches or so. And they have a face. How many pencil erasers is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a whole dozen pencil erasers. It is. Ooh. Um, well, that sounds like a nightmare, but... How big, when I first said lawn shrimp, how big were you thinking? Well, I was thinking half a cicada. Okay. You know, I was thinking like, like looks like a, like a crawdad crawling across your lawn. That would be pretty gross. And that's sort of what cicadas are. (laughs) That would be upsetting. You know what I learned from aforementioned Greg Heller? Potato bugs in Spanish are are called baby heads. Those are gross bugs. Those are gross bugs. They're they're all gross. Except recently, someone posted a dragonfly on uh, some social media, and its little head and little face looked surprisingly cute. And I was like, oh, no, I will not be swayed by bug propaganda. I won't. (laughs) 
So the thing that I hinted at before, Mary Catherine, is that you are uh, with child. I am. I am. I'm pregnant. Woo! Pregnant and old, y'all. Yes, yes. You have a seven I, my, and five-year-old, right? Yes. Seven, so, five, and then we'll have a newborn in the fall. Wow. And you famously get incredibly sick while you're pregnant, and it's happening again. It's happening again. I hoped that maybe it wouldn't, but uh, I think this one's the hardest one. Oh, really? I'm bummed about that. I actually just yesterday kind of I hit a, I hit a little bit of a breaking point. Like mm-hmm. when you've when you've been sick, I've had by my calculations two good days. Oh, like God. really, like I felt like I had a day two good days since Easter. Ugh. that's. Mm. That's a run. It's not yeah. it's not good. Um so I kind of like hit the end of my positive thinking powers yesterday, <laughs> but I'm I tried to refocus today for this podcast. But really, I mean, when you are like I, I spend about 65 to 70% of my time needing to throw up. Mm. That's <laughs> It's a lot. Like how, in a given day, how many times do you throw up? Uh with luck one. Um, that's a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, more like three. Oh God. Yeah. I had morning sickness where I felt nauseated and awful, but I, I did yeah. not actually throw up. I think yeah. actually throwing up is a whole different, a whole different ball game. It is unfun. And I actually, I wondered whether <laughs> I've been, I've been able to binge a lot of TV cause I can't, I couldn't move for a while there. Um, and I watched actually Amy Schumer's uh, documentary oh, when yeah. she was pregnant because she also has this thing called hyperemesis gravidarum hg for short kate middleton also has it puts her in the hospital i have never been in the hospital um i did get to this point during this one the midwives were like hey if you need an iv we can come to the house and That's i thought so what nice service? yeah know, it's very right. very very white glove um and so <laughs> so there was that but I've, I've i've managed to escape that part of it partly because i know on the third kid sort of how to manage this mm-hmm. um and and went what my limits are but i did watch that documentary and i thought is this going to be a little too on the nose um but i enjoyed it and partly because there's one part where she says very understandably how do people do this again if they feel like this while they're pregnant i thought damn straight girl damn straight (laughs) (laughs) number three and i i I did forget i I mean that's i don't know what that is if that's a blessing or or not but i forgot I forgot how hard it is. Also, I'm older now, so it might just be harder. Yeah. So. Do they do doctors um know why some people have this and some don't? Frustratingly, no. <laughs> there are there are many uh theories mm-hmm. like um lack of magnesium absorption, uh estrogen spiking, uh it just being you sort of being allergic to HCG, which is the pregnancy hormone. Mm-hmm. And essentially it feels like I'm hungover for six months yeah. without the preceding fun. Uh, <laughs> so very specific vomit question. Emetophobes, you might want to go past. Uh, yeah, just fast it's forward. a trigger warning for you. <laughs> um, in my experience, throwing up when I'm sick is like the worst thing in the whole world. But back in my drinking days, throwing up from drinking was not pleasurable, but it was somehow not... I didn't feel like I would prefer the release of death to this feeling. Right. Um, Where does pregnancy throwing up fit in on that spectrum? I would say that there 
I do not enjoy it. Uh, there is, however, a sort of release from the cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, we're going to sit here and feel terrible for a while, and then we're going to do this, and you sort of get a reset. It doesn't last for long, but right. you do get you get a window after that. And I usually try to, like, take my drugs and go to sleep during that window. By the way, if anybody's interested and has had this problem, I am on Bongesta, which hmm. is a form of anti-nausea, and I do weekly acupuncture to attempt to get this under control, and a bunch of other aromatherapy and all sorts of stuff. Is, is My poor, my side table really looks like as geriatric as my pregnancy is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, everything is there. <laughs> but we're making it through, and my poor husband is bringing me everything in bed too too often yeah i was listening to oh I, as i should have mentioned in the in, well i'm really just letting it all go uh the lawn shrimp are taking up way too much space the tiny I but understand. you know it's taking up a lot of brain space I should have mentioned you're on a podcast called lady brains i was listening to I it am. and you were talking about how you have a you've been eating lime popsicles and cake for like tons oh, of carbs cheesecake cheese, i think this this kid knows how to help me gain weight because that is one of the issues with with this disorder um, is that you need to gain weight while you're pregnant for for the baby. Uh, I get sick in the afternoons and evenings, so this kid is like, "You're gonna wake up in the morning, you're gonna have a cup of tea because I hate coffee now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're gonna have a <clears throat> cup of tea and half a cheesecake. That's what we're gonna do every day. And so wow. I get all those calories just really packed into the morning, and then I don't have to worry about it later. In the so day. when you mentioned. <laughs> when you mentioned eating four pieces of cake in the morning, that was cheesecake? Um, yes. Do you know Junior's Cheesecake? I do. Of New York? Yeah. I think you've been to New York before. I don't um, know if you know this, Mary Catherine. I don't <laughs> mention it a lot, but yes, I did live there for a number of years. Yeah. yeah. So Junior's Cheesecake, they're for sale at our at our local grocery store. And my husband goes and gets me like a little mini cheesecake mm-hmm. once every couple days. And I eat, I would say, a third to a half of it every morning. And I'm not sorry. I applaud that. I applaud that. Um, It does change the math in my mind, though, because putting down four pieces of cheesecake is like at a certain, it's like eating like a number of hard boiled eggs or something. Like at a certain point, I feel like your throat would just be like, yeah, you got to take in a lot of liquid. The tea helps. The tea helps. Uh, And then in the afternoon, and this is specifically for emetophobes, watch out. In the afternoon, I like to eat cucumbers and something light oh. um, because that's just like vomiting spa water. It's very <laughs> refreshing. Yeah. All of this is like... These I, are my hacks. <laughs> I feel like the worst thing to throw up would... And I feel like I have experience with this. And I can't... It's like spaghetti or something. Because then there's like a tomato situation. There's noodles coming back. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. That's too much information. <laughs> My entire life is TMI right now. It's like every every person who asks me to do something, I have to say, well, let me put this warning on it. <laughs> so. um, let's talk about the decision to have another baby, though. Were you... Okay, so you're, you're remarried. We've, you're back, we've talked about your backstory before. It's very... Um, yeah, we should... I can, I can recap briefly please, for, yes. the, for recap. those who might be new to, to, the, to the Mary Catherine Ham story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I've been on this show, I think, almost every time I've had a life milestone. So I'm glad we're doing it again. Yes. Um, and I believe the first time I was I was maybe halfway pregnant with my first, mm-hmm. the first time I did it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I was married in uh, 2011. 
uh, to my husband, my late husband, Jake Brewer. Um, we were married for four years and I was pregnant with our second, seven months pregnant with our second, when he was um, tragically killed in a bike accident in a race. Uh, and so it was obviously very sudden, took a yeah. while to figure out how to have a baby and live on my own and parent these children. Um, about two years later, I met Steve, who is my current husband, and we married the last possible weekend you could marry before pandemic 2020. It was March 7th and wow. you were still sort of, we were, it was the one weekend that was guilt free because no one really understood March 7th. Mm -hmm. And then by March, the next, the next weekend, everybody was like, Oh no, this is real. So March 7th, everybody came and went without incident. Thank goodness. We Good. had a lovely time. Um, and then from then on, we were, we had pretty much planned to try, uh, to have kids. Um, or kid, probably. I'm, I'm an ancient lady. You um, are not that old, <laughs> I say, as someone who's like, there's puffs of dust when I walk around. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, let's let's try to fit one in. Um, I was 39. <laughs> I was like, let's let's see what we can do here. Um, so we had pretty much planned that b before we got married and discussed that. Although I, you know, it wasn't a for sure thing because I was 39 when we got married mm -hmm. um am now 41 so I'm I love being and I know you've experienced this I'm at the highest level of geriatric on the pregnancy mm -hmm. like on the scale like right time times they have to check in with you and things you have to do <laughs> yes so really I've climbed the ladder <laughs> you're a hundred percent geriatric in your pregnancy yes yes so yeah we're gonna have a, a our a unique blended family uh with this new baby coming Halloween is the due date. That's so exciting. Uh, which is exciting because I love Halloween costumes and my kids usually come about a week early. Mm -hmm. So there will be costumes. <laughs> Are you going to do birth center again? Uh, yes, that's the plan. Um, now they can, if you're, if you end up being higher risk than they thought you might be, I, I might not end up there. Mm -hmm. We will know more at 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm about 17 weeks right now. Still praying that maybe the nausea will magically disappear at some point. So, and it could, it could, at 20 weeks, it could say goodbye. Sometimes that happens to people. Are you someone who finds out what you're going to have? I never have before, but I gave Steve the option this time and he wanted to find out. So we know, but I haven't decided if I'm saying publicly. So I'll okay. tell you off, off. Ooh, I'm very excited. <laughs> do, uh, how do the girls feel about this? Oh, they're very excited. Um, they definitely want a sister. They're like, can we get out of here with this brother thing? <laughs> uh, they definitely want a sister. They've come up with a lot of terrible names based on mediocre ne Netflix cartoons. Oh, um, like what? <laughs> like anything they watch, anything they stream has got to be named. So I think Princess Elena. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's some... We, my husband watches some anime with them. So there's mm -hmm. some Japanese origin names uh, that I don't even remember because I don't watch that show with them. Uh, but they're, they're not, not all of them are terrible, but okay. a lot of them all. And then <laughs> my troll daughter, who's the, the older one, she's, she's just a, she's a character. She's decided that Hertha is one she wants. <laughs> Hertha, that, that is like you, I'm sure you've heard Daniel's baby name segment. Yeah, that is that her is thought like is something that he would come up with. I got to write that. Yeah. I got to tell him about that. She decided Hertha and I said not <laughs> not Bertha, but Hertha. Hertha. <laughs> I love it. So, so beautiful. Um, yeah. Very exciting. So I what I am wondering is and I think I ask you this every time. 
Where are you with the grief now? Like, does that feel like another lifetime ago or is it present? Yeah. So I think the the thing for me is not, it doesn't feel so much like grief anymore. It's more just the enormity of life and mm-hmm. all that has happened because a lot happened in five years, even though five years is a is a generous period of time. But for me, I mean, that was a hell of a five years. Yeah. So um, my my youngest, who was about to turn, or who was about to be born when Jake died, is now, she'll turn six this fall, which is insane. Um, so I kind of get overwhelmed by just the amount of stuff that has happened <laughs> and how old my kids are, which is emotional for any parent. Right. Um, but that on top of everything. Uh, and I also feel, I think we talked about this last time, because I, I was also on the show after I got engaged uh, to Steve. Um, I just feel really blessed and lucky and did not see it coming to find somebody who mm-hmm. I could really build a life with. I was sort of, ch- I was counting on like, yeah, you're 37 year old widow with two kids. Let's, uh, we'll do the thing. We'll raise the kids. That's what we're doing now. Um, and so having a partner has been surprising and great. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't have to do everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you ever, this is such a personal question, so you don't have to answer. I know that you know, you know that you don't have to answer stuff and you're comfortable answering most things. And I love that about you. Um, do you dream about Jake? Uh, yes, sometimes. And (laughs) particularly during pregnancy, you get really weird dreams. And so I would say I don't that often, but then when, since I've been pregnant, I will have dreams where I have like he'll show up and I'm like, but, but I'm married. Like, (laughs) and then I have like a moral dilemma. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is, I mean, there's no accounting for pregnancy dreams, but that's one of the ones that I have. And then I, and I feel all guilty and then I wake up and I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So do you, is the, is the guilt something that is just experienced in, in dreams or is that anything that you feel in real life? I don't feel that in real life in the dream. It's that, Oh gosh, I I didn't know this information that you were going to show up here, and did I make the wrong moral call mm. without this information? That's my thought in the that's dream. So course, that's so intense. Sorry, sorry, I had to yell, but it just really is. In real life, that's not part of the calculation, right? So. Right. And I just feel so. I don't feel guilty because I feel, first of all, really lucky, and second of all, so glad that they have a dad. Mm-hmm. And they love it. And the, I mean, the girls need him and it's fantastic. Yeah. How does your younger one understand um, this dad that is, you know, her dad, but that she didn't meet? Um, it's hard to say. So we so we used to talk about him frequently because uh, my my older daughter had met him. She was two when he died. Barely verbal. So it's. Neither of, I mean, obviously my youngest was not born, but Georgia won't even have a lot of memories of him. She Mm. may have one or two. She does have a surprisingly good memory. (laughs) So she may have one or two, but I used to sort of enforce those. And we still occasionally talk about him when they bring him up. Um, For my youngest, it's, it's both matter of fact and abstract. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's always been in the story, but he's never been physically here. Uh, and so she knows tons about him and will sometimes still talk about him and ask about him. Um, 
But she's known Steve since she was two. So for all intents and purposes, he's been the one in her life. Um, it, there's a, a good example. That's, this is heartbreaking and sweet and all things combined, which is what a lot of this story is. But mm-hmm. uh, she had a little friend whose dad traveled for work a lot. And when they were about three, three and a half, um, her little friend was FaceTiming with her dad. And she said, she said, come and say hi. It's my dad. He's in Chicago. And she came up to the phone and she goes, hi, Aaron. Uh, my dad's in heaven. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's just like, I, I know I'm, I'm going to make people cry just hearing that. But is it's an illustration of how comfortable she was mm-hmm. talking about it and how matter of fact it is to her. It's, right. it's, a, it's She experiences it differently than we do. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that totally makes sense. But I did. I did want to make sure that she felt comfortable asking about him, and and that that even I remember in the very beginning. And I've told I one of the things about this is that widows will reach out to me for for thoughts or advice, uh, and or people will be referred to me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I say is that I did fight through being scared to talk about him mm-hmm. at the beginning, just because it was so emotional for me, so that I didn't scare them. Right. I just wanted them to feel like. This is not something that's going to make mom freak out. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can go to her with this. So that was what I was trying to establish. I think I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all gut stuff at that point. But was there a period of time where you were like showing them one thing, but feeling something else in private? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, there was a time right after he died that I just, <laughs> I didn't even want to hear my oldest say Dada, mm. I, I lived in fear of her saying that because um, I knew at some point she would. But when she said it, I had sort of steeled myself for not flipping out because then what signals does that send? She's allowed to say that. She's yeah. allowed to wonder what the heck just happened. Um, not sure how much she really got. The child can read a room, though. So I think she I mean, she definitely knew <laughs> even at that young age, something very strange was going on. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much of that she processed, you know, logically at that time or rationally at that time. In uh, lighter stuff, I assume, although I don't know the story that I'm about to hear, you said that you had a morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More bug talk. Oh, <laughs> it's truly my it's, you know, I didn't set out to be the bug podcaster, but it's happening and I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. I mean, someday we're just going to wake up. It's going to be metaf- metamorphosis in here. Yes. You're going to come on the camera like, well, this is who I am now. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> is that what bugs do? That's Bug more rodent but still. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, so, no, my, my daughter, my oldest, who is seven, came to me this morning and she says, I have this spot that's bothering me. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh. I was like, okay, well, let's check it out. Like, And it, it's not, I'm not going to gross you guys out too much. It was a tick. Ah! And- they're really gross. Where really was gross. it on her? On her leg. Ugh. Um, What'd you do? Because you want to just pick them off, but I feel like I've heard that you're not supposed to because then their legs stay in there and you have to like get a blowtorch. I don't know. So as a seasoned Southern mom, I am like a, my whole childhood. We all, and you you probably know, Tony, you were, you lived in Virginia. I'm sure you experienced this. We have a lot of ticks in the South. Um, and so we do generally check and all that stuff. So I'm glad she brought it to my attention. I did take it out with a pair of tweezers. Mm. I got all of it. You Good. Pull, pulls, pulled out steadily, 
steady hand to make sure everybody's cool. Um, put it in a Ziploc bag. Uh, took her to the CVS Minute Clinic where we got a little prophylactic uh, antibiotic. She probably doesn't need it. I probably found it within 12 hours of her getting this bite. Um, so probably not necessary, but it makes me feel better and the cost is low. So, yeah, you know, it's a $7 antibiotic. So we went ahead and did that. But while at the <laughs> while at the CVS waiting for the prescription, I so this is a whole odyssey. And then we get to the CVS. I'm waiting for the prescription after seeing the doctor. Everything's going fine. Then I look down and I realize in the Ziploc bag that the the tick is still roaming around inside the Ziploc bag, mm. which is not such a big deal. No. NBD. I thought he would have like passed away with me pulling him out or uh, inside the bag. But no, he's crawling around. And I'm still I'm waiting a little longer. And I look down and he's crawling toward the Ziploc part. Oh, no. And I'm like, he can't know. That like that's the best possibility to find an opening, right? And so I'm watching it sort of guardedly, and sure enough, he wanders over to the corner where it looks like there might actually be some space for him. And I realized, oh no, th- this can't this can't get out inside the CVS. Like, right. hold it together, hold it together, Mary Catherine. So I I open the or open it a little bit to, and I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow air into the bag so he goes down to the bottom. Mm. That was my plan. So I go. I have a mask on. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, you just opened the exit door for him. I opened it up, and before realizing what was going on, I go. And then, then he's on the actual green and yellow make blue. He's there already. Oh no. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. I've, I'm going to hold it together. I'm not that scared of bugs. So I'm, I'm all right. I don't want to make a scene. He's very small. I can handle this. I'm like, okay, I'll just flick him back down in there. I flick him. I flick him. And because I'm pregnant, my nails are nice. And he gets and long. And he gets stuck under one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no. This is when I, I freak out. I'm like, I'm, I'm pregnant. I can't have this tick bite me. Like, yeah. okay, calm down. So I, I dig him out from under my fingernail. And by this point, I'm like about to like just scream and throw the bag. Yeah. Which would not go well because then we the tick is unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. I, I did scream a little bit, but managed to scream and flail with the tick pointing back into the bag. And oh. got, him, got him back since perished inside the bag. From by lack of oxygen. Oh, squished. Okay. No, I think when I dug him out from, <laughs> from under my fingernail, back in the bag, zipped up, no one in CVS was harmed except for the tick. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's yeah. very intense. It was. That's it was. a popular word today. Um, okay. So. And she's okay. And uh, like, it's again, and not to freak everybody out. I mean, check your, check everybody for ticks. If you're in a tick heavy area. But she probably didn't need all that. I just did the thing because it makes me feel better. But if the tick has been there for longer than 12 hours, then you are supposed to get antibiotics? Is this to prevent it's, Lyme disease? It's more like 24 or 36. So I was almost certainly in the clear. Mm-hmm. But we went ahead and did it. Because you're never, you're never quite sure. Yeah. Now, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback sports term. <laughs> yeah. This. You. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But why did you not just squish the tick in the bag to begin with when you saw what was happening in CVS? Now, I also might have frozen, but I'm just curious. 
uh, because my <laughs> my idea, which I later ruined, was to leave the tick intact to determine for sure what kind of tick it oh. is because others certain ones are more dangerous than others that's and smart. if it's a dog tick you don't have as many worries as with a deer tick for lyme disease uh and this one was very small and i was having trouble identifying it so i was going to keep it and mm. i was going to really check it out and use the all of my interneting powers <laughs> to really figure out what it was uh and then i smushed it under my fingernail and that was the end of that this makes sense um but that was my i actually I assumed that when I pulled him out and put him in a plastic bag that he would he would have perished. Right. But then I remembered when I was a kid they are they are hard to kill. Yeah. I think my my mom used to do away with them in very extravagant ways to, so that we would all feel better about the fact that they were gone. Like like what? Uh, I mean this is like bug torture porn now. I hope Bean is not listening. Oh no. Yes, I'm sorry Bean. <laughs> I d- I hadn't thought of that. I'm very I'm a, I'm a lot nicer to other kinds of bugs than ticks, but ticks yeah. are mm. Um, she used to put a straight pin through them. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a real. That's that's a real like Southern savage mom move, right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know because they have hard shells. You want to make sure they're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I just sold out my mom for her bug torture. Um, but yes, I'm I'm nicer to other bugs. I actually I quite like spiders. They don't bother me at all. I like them to have their their room. Their liberation. Yeah. Um, listen, I need to tell you guys about KiwiCo, and then I want to get into some serious gal chat, Mary Catherine Ham. Um, but look, spring is here and summer is just around the corner. Why not gift your young innovators with a super cool STEAM project to celebrate the end of the school year? With a KiwiCo subscription, your child gets a new crate full of fun science and art projects every month for trailblazing toddlers to more experienced explorers in every stage in between. So KiwiCo is this great company that sends you this crate. It's a box with a project in it, like a themed project. Um, the most recent one that we did with Elliot was the solar system. Um, and then we've, d- we've done so many of them and they're so great. One of my personal favorites was uh, one that had this fishing game in it. It had this piece of like this cool blue cloth thing that you unsnap and fold out and it makes a little lake. And then there's these little fish and a little fishing pole and they come with little um, storybooks too. And there's, there's multiple projects and lessons that you can do with each one and they're geared towards your kid's age. So like I said, we've been doing it for a while now. So um, he was, he started gosh, when he was like two and now he's uh, four. So we've been through different uh, age based projects and when they arrive i just put them to the side i kind of hide them uh and then when when you know if we're near a meltdown or if i need something to occupy him i kind of bring them out as needed um but you know obviously do it however however works for you but i just i just love it uh if you have kids or you know someone who has kids i cannot recommend it more highly with KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code Allison at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code Allison. 
Uh, I also want to tell you guys about BetterHelp. Allison Rosen's new best friend is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In May's Mental Health Awareness Month and throughout June, Allison Rosen's new best friend is proud to join the cause of destigmatizing therapy. I have been talking about therapy for probably the entire time I've been uh, in front of a microphone. I am very much a believer that therapy, uh, that pretty much anyone can benefit from therapy if they uh, are open to it and are and are wanting to do it. Um, if I you're struggling, just a couple of hours. You have it in just a couple hours. Yeah. There you go. That's all. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. No, that, thank you. that and interrupt in the process. No, I appreciate <laughs> that you're helping to destigmatize, which is their, which is uh their uh their mission in may and june but yeah um if you're struggling with relationships or having difficulty sleeping or difficulty meeting your goals if you're feeling anxious or stressed tony that's you're doing all those (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm sorry the reason i'm pausing is because now that you said that you have therapy in a couple hours i i just keep thinking of like jokes i want to make or something but none of them are funny and it's not worth it yeah i don't care BetterHelp counselors can listen and help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You can change as many times as you want. No extra charge. You do not have to feel like, oh, gosh, I'm going to be committed. And what if it doesn't work out with this person? It's natural to... Just want to say, I believe it is natural to feel that way. I remember I felt that way the first time I had therapy. What if it, what if I don't like the person? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you, they will get you to the right person. Our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, better H E L P dot com slash best friend. Okay. And we're back. Mary Catherine Ham. Yes. You look. You always look beautiful. You look extra, super duper beautiful today. Uh, can you please tell me, how did you learn how to apply makeup this well? Again, I mean, I feel the majority of people are listening. If you want to see, just look at the episode photo or youtube.com slash Allison Rosen and you can see what I'm talking about. There's some expert makeup happening. Thank you. Uh, well, Snapchat. it is. Uh, so a couple things. One, because I'm pregnant, my hair is really thick. So yeah. that's part of that's part of my look. This is all gonna go away after this baby comes, but for now but for Long, now there's that. So that thick that does that does luscious. a lot for me. It does. It, yeah, and I pandemic mean, times I just hasn't ag- been cut. Yeah. I just agreed that it does a lot for you. And that I didn't that I feel like that uh I don't agree it does a lot for you. I agree it looks great and also you don't need it because you're that beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Second of all, I want to commend you on your liner. It looks fantastic. This is the liner that you recommended, the Lorac. Yes. It's it's great. It's the easiest to pl- to yeah. apply that I've ever used. I think it's um, in my store, my Amazon store, amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. You can see this liner. I used cake liner and a brush and a sealer for years and years and years. Uh, and then Mary Catherine recommended this Lorac. Am I saying it right? It's yeah, Carol backwards. So. Lorac mm-hmm. uh, pen liner. And I uh, am a convert. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's like a felt tip pen, but yeah. for liner, it's fantastic. Um, and then, so I've spent a lot of time in a makeup chair for many, many years. So I learned things from the very, very talented makeup artists. And then for TV in the past year, if you want to be on TV, you got to do your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been practicing a little. I also did my own makeup for my wedding. So I practiced a lot before that. 
because I just was like, I could have gotten a makeup artist, but it was a destination wedding and mm-hmm. I didn't want to roll the dice on that. Yes. Uh, so I just thought I can do myself. So I practiced a lot for that. And then lastly, when you're very sick, you can watch a lot of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> That's what I was. I was just recently lamenting so my choice of local vendors. And that's a separate story. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but just to, to go back, there was a specific makeup artist who had done my makeup at the Fox affiliate in LA and she was so good. And I only knew her first name and I could not find her. And Mary Catherine, you found her for me. I did. That's a that throwback. Was that was amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was like, Oh my God. You're, you're a regular Perry Mason. Well, cause I, ha- well, cause I was at the, I was at the LA bureau yeah at some point and i was like aha i know someone here that she needs to find thank you <laughs> so <welcome>. you <laughs> learned how to so so this is a youtube video situation yeah half half makeup artists and and then lately heavily influenced by youtube videos including jamie french who i really enjoy who's a comedian slash makeup artist She's i gotta fantastic. i gotta look her up i don't know yeah. her um She's a lot of fun when you say learn from makeup artists like would you ask them questions or just from looking? Because I, I feel think- like I am someone who also not nearly as much as you, but has, you know, sat in those chairs as well, had my makeup done. How am I so unable to recreate that look? I'm really trying, but like, I'm good at liner, but I don't know what to do with eyeshadow. I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, people might watch and think, but you're, you have eyeshadow on. I do, but I still can't do it like them. Mostly from watching and asking a question here and there. So when, especially when I was trying to get ready for my wedding, I just, and then I just practiced a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, you got this windshield wiper thing that you do with your transition color and all that. <laughs> I learned a bunch of stuff and I got better brushes for oh. my eye, eyeshadow. That's part of it too. Um, but yeah, just a lot, a lot of asking questions and practice. Uh, and then not that I'm fantastic at it. I, I can basically do one eye and this is the eye and I can change the colors of this eye, yeah. but <laughs> This is this is my trick. But like that, the shape you have going with the eyeshadow. That's good. I can't do that. Okay, so what kind of brushes? Um, I use Morphe, but I think there are different... Uh, I'm trying to think of the brands that a lot of people use, and it's escaping me. But Morphe good, is good. It's a good brand that is not super expensive if you yeah. want to give give it a try with a, with a set of brushes. And there's a Morphe in Burbank, and I live in Burbank. And now that it seems that things are opening up and we can leave our house... And this was so predictable. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I feel like going out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. really a shame. It is really a shame that I spent the whole pandemic being like, well, this blows. And now that it's not that way anymore, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like there was at the beginning, there was a real moment for introverts where yes. everybody was like, this is good. Uh, and it, it gets to you after a while. I have to say. That ironically, now that people are doing stuff, I am sick in bed and mm-hmm. I am a raging extrovert. <laughs> it's like, I really want to come to your party. Um, but this is where I am right now. Yeah. So sometimes I, I try to rally. I can rally for a couple hours. Um, the nice thing about uh, performing or um, or even just socializing, but performing or doing TV or doing something like this is the adrenaline gives me about a two hour break from nausea. Oh, that's so nice. I enjoy that. So that is- if I can rally a little bit to get out there, I can get a couple hours. That is very nice. Um, quick, quick political detour. 
Um, I don't know how how, how uh, recently you've listened to my show, but I talked quite a bit about my experience with those awful, awful, awful mean moms in that Facebook group who uh, woke scolded me and yeah. were just so out of line and they are just so awful. But you and I not on the same side politically. However, uh, I kept thinking about your book, End of Discussion. Oh, I'm forgetting. I wrote down part of it. How the left's oh, outrage. I don't, I don't even know the whole thing. <laughs> something about the left's outrage industry. Yes. Um, I just kept thinking about it and thinking like, I, um, yes, this is, uh, uh, this is very much that. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I think this is a tendency of human nature. And, and I think that social media has amplified it so mm-hmm. much that it's like really, really problematic um and i was i meant to text you and show you some support on this particular issue just because the thing that you said that rung true to me from my experiences in this area too um is that everyone was trying to read into what you were saying the worst possible intentions and the more we do that to each other whatever your politics are the less good our lives will be Mm -hmm. like you get this weird i know people get this endorphin rush from from doing it from being online awful. and getting a, getting a lot of affirmation, yeah. whether it's the whether it's the sort of culturally signaling kind of awful that you got thrown mm-hmm. at you, or if it's just shit posting, like mm-hmm. people get people get a rush out of that, and right. it's not good. Especially, I think as we're coming out of pandemic world and people are going to adjust at different rates, having grace for how people make their decisions is something that I wish we had had more of at the beginning of the pandemic and something we're going to need coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the thing that unites all this for me is that in politics, in these discussions, people just want to read the worst possible interpretation upon you. And I'm used to that. I'm a cable pundit. Sometimes we do have the worst possible (laughs) uh, intentions. I I like to think that I do not. And I, I want to be, I want to be understood Uh, But sometimes being understood requires allowing for the fact that someone just might be different from you and expressing something perfectly reasonable in a different way. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the the thing that I just can't get past. And now I'm this is not not your book, but like just the the most vicious voices then have all these ass kissers. They have all these people. My therapist recommended that book. Um queen bees and wannabes which is that Mm -hmm. book that that mean girls was based on um and it's just it really is like the bullies have the people who then want to kiss their ass and want to curry favor with them and it is so gross and i'm way too old to care about shit like that but it's gross well and people get scared they and and i do it i i have it too where i want to speak up for somebody Mm -hmm. online who's currently being attacked actually you you mentioned this one bean dad was one of them yeah uh, where the actual thing in question the tweet thread i thought was like a little overwrought where he had this was a very brief viral thing where he had had his daughter uh try to open a can of beans um and sort of forced her to actually work through the process of figuring it out but it like took a long time it took a long time and he had joked that or he had i don't know how hungry she really was but people were saying that he it was child abuse because she was hungry and he was but it's like that was a quite a stretch but i think it triggered memories of abuse for a lot of people yeah and so this is something that like i would now i i would 
edit the number of tweets involved, but I would put I would <laughs> put my kid editor. <laughs> I would put my num- my kid to this test at yeah. some. I, I didn't of learning like how to use cruel. a can opener. Yeah, and then it just became this thing where like we're searching for reasons to cancel him, and it became so. Does the punishment fit the crime? And often online, the answer is no. Right. Because it just becomes this huge, sometimes national story of a person who just said, open your beans by yourself, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's worth all that punishment. Um, but then it went into other character issues. And that's the thing is like, once it goes down that road, how far are we going down that road? Are we, right. you know, and he's know. Just- he lost his shows. He like, and he's not even on Twitter anymore. That being said, he has, I think, now a pretty successful Patreon. So okay. that's yeah. like the realm that you, that you, I guess, the the canceled go into. Yeah. Well, I just, I get concerned not so much. Like there are, there, like if I, Lord willing, I don't. But if I get canceled, um, I'm always ready for somebody to, <laughs> to do that. But uh, that there are other avenues for me, right? Mm-hmm. And but I do worry about, and this is the impetus for the book in the first place. Um, regular folks who feel more and more scared to just say things they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a cost. Oh, I was gonna, the point about being dad is that in that moment, and I can't remember if I tweeted or not because I don't like to tweet very much. Um, <laughs> so I can't remember if I did, but in my head, I remember making a calculation. I could feel myself doing it. Like how much is it worth putting myself on the line for this person mm-hmm. who I don't know? But I do feel like the best way to deal with that is for a bunch of people to get together and be like, hey, can we maybe like lay off Bean Dad? I don't, right. I don't know if this is that big a deal. Uh, but that kind of thing, people are making that calculation all the time, mm-hmm. whether it's socially worth it for them to speak up or to say like, hey, maybe we could chill a bit about that. Yeah. And I think it makes people scared to talk. And I really like people to say even super weird things. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I joked with my, uh, I taught at Georgetown in the fall in the Institute of Politics about free speech. And one of the things I said uh, to them over and over again is that be the weirdo in the room. Rooms need weirdos. They need somebody who sees things differently. And whether it's politically or whatever the thing is, I think this sort of homogenous environment, whatever one you're in, whether it's your right wing group or your left wing group, it doesn't serve your mind. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to, Somebody has to be the person who speaks up and says weird stuff, even when it's like not a big deal. Just something for here's something you could think about. Yeah. Um, trip. Yeah. So I hope I've inspired some weirdos. But uh, but yeah, it's it's odd because these days I find myself on the same page as like the Glenn Greenwalds of the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> which because we would have been 10 years ago, very not on the same page. But as far as free speech and expression mm-hmm. and sort of the orthodoxy of the news industry we're on the same page. Yeah. Oh, I like that so much. Be the weirdo. Yeah. I, I think what you're talking about is um, a mob mentality yeah. and really kind of a schoolyard sociology. I don't know the right way to put it like sociology or the way we are sort of organizing ourselves in this adolescent way where the loudest, strongest voices, people just fall in line with those and they're yeah. afraid to catch the ire, but kind of for good reason. Yeah, because no one like what you're yes. saying that math you're doing. I do that all the time. Like all the time I do that because it's for me now the calculation is like is it worth is it worth um sacrificing my peace of mind? Yes. But I hate yeah. that. Yeah, and but that's one of the reasons I'm not very much on Twitter yeah. anymore. Um 
But yeah, I think there's, and by the way, I, as a, as a Trump critical libertarian conservative on CNN, I get <laughs> the mean voices from both sides. As I, as I say, my, my hate mail is like super diverse. Um, <laughs> so so I, but I, I kind of, one of the reasons I stay off Twitter is to train myself to, to go with what I'm actually observing, what I'm actually yeah. thinking. I get my, I get my sort of preconceived notions tested all the time. And I want to stay true to what I'm actually thinking instead mm-hmm. of being bullied into thinking something. So yeah. sometimes staying off Twitter is the way to do that. Um, even though sort of counterintuitively, you'd think I'd be there all the time. No, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. That's sort of something that I try as well to figure out because I'll think about how I feel about something and then it gets sort of filtered through or mediated through all these other voices. Yeah. And I don't think that helps if you're someone who is, is in pursuit of speaking your mind. Yeah. I like, I want to say things wisely and truthfully and not I don't want to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Um, but sometimes you can get cowed pretty easily by just yeah. a couple people. So I just I just try to be careful. I think this is this is the whole read don't read the comments thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be yourself, which is what you're I mean, that's what my career is, yeah. is, is that I'm effectively expressing views as myself, yours as well. And the more people tell you I don't like yourself, <laughs> I'm like, fine. I but I don't need to hear it all the time. Yeah. Your Twitter bio says that you debate people for you debate people for a living. You disagree, disagree with, people. with people for a living. Um, yes. Does it bother you though? Does the hate stuff bother you? Not as much as it used to, but I'm like you, where I can go down a rabbit hole and get. I, I mean, I related so much to you checking back in with that comment thread <laughs> when you know you shouldn't. Yeah, and I think. I think my husband is helpful for this because he has no social media. Um, so there's no, there's no like, I can't talk to you right now. I'm on Twitter. He's like, really? really? <laughs> uh, and if I'm having a giant and he knows he's going to pay the price. If my adrenaline is up here mm-hmm. and I'm fight or flight because of some stranger on Twitter, I'm taking that over into my real life later and it's not going to look good for him mm-hmm. or me. Like, that's not a good trait. <laughs> right. And I know that I'm prone to do that. So I kind of try to keep it a little chill. Now, I think what, what scares me more <laughs> is the correct thing, which is, was I actually wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and, and not just wrong, like, you disagree with me. Did I, did I express this badly? Did I hurt someone? Um, did I get my facts wrong? Mm-hmm. And I try really, really hard not to, but we all make mistakes. And so that's the one that's the one that'll hit like that's knife to the heart. When I see somebody go, actually, let me send you this. And I'm like, ah, with all my checking, did I screw it up? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was just going to say, I don't think I'd have been on TV this long if I got it factually wrong frequently, but that's not true. <laughs> plenty of examples. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean for, though. For my own sanity, I try to get things correct. And that's the criticism. The warranted criticism is right. the one that will get me. Yeah. <laughs> No, that makes total sense. Um, the dumb ones, like, although I will say one of the reasons, this is my earliest public pregnancy, um, because one of the reasons I don't go public is because people have so many thoughts and criticisms about pregnant ladies uh, yeah. that I am not sure I want to hear. But I just thought, eh, let's try it differently this time. Like, like, what do you mean, though? Like, just they'll oh. have a, an opinion about how we are living your life or what you should be yeah, doing like, or shouldn't. Right. For instance, 
I'm just going to say it. Just say it. You guys can cancel me. If I were to have a beer Mm. later in this pregnancy, uh, I don't particularly want people coming at me. Right. Now, if they do, I'll just point them to Emily Oster's book, which I think is like just fantastic. And anybody, I recommend it to everybody. You recommended it to me. It made me feel better. I love it. I love it. And you 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 make your own risk calculations. Um, based on, but that, that book has so much good data and treats women like adults who can make those decisions. Um, also one of my favorites is like, as soon as you say you're pregnant, they're like, I could see it in your face. And I'm like, (laughs) you don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, so I don't know. It just, it made me, I like to keep it to myself for a while before, especially being on TV. You just feel like you're, you're really putting it out there Mm -hmm. for discussion. So that makes sense. Um, Listen, you'll relate to this, Mary Catherine. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. And the one thing I can always count on is how comfortable the purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid. Hang on, I got to grab my grid. I'm holding up an example of the grid. It's small. The real one is obviously not small, but it's this squishy, like honey not honeycomb but it's a little grid thing this is like comfy i super comfy and fun to play with um okay again this is this is a small sample this is the actual mattress is fun i don't know if i'd say it's fun to play with but it's super duper comfortable uh only purple has the grid a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders neck and hips it's just fantastic because of how it's designed the grid doesn't trap air air actually circulates and flows through it so you'll never overheat the grid bounces back as you move and shift Right now, you can try your Purple Mattress risk-free with free shippings and returns. Financing is available, too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash bestfriend10 and use promo code bestfriend10. That's purple.com slash bestfriend10, promo code bestfriend10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash bestfriend10, promo code bestfriend10. Terms apply. Okay, I think we should do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right, Mary Catherine, you have one, right? Uh, I actually do, yes. Excellent. Um, Let's hear it. I, this one really might be just me. Okay. But I was thinking about it the other day because my my five-year-old, I took a sip of water, tried to stay hydrated. I took a sip of water. And I was in the kitchen and I was like doing chores and grabbing dinner for her or something. And she goes, do you still have that water in your mouth? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, maybe. Uh, and I, I have my entire life noticed that sometimes it takes a while for me to figure out how to swallow the drink of water. Like, it, like my throat just won't do it for a second. And I have to like, you know, we'll get there. But it is a slow process. I'm sure Twitter would have plenty to say about that. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if that's just me. It seems odd. Um, I don't have that with a drink, but sometimes, like if I tell, if I want myself to, if I'm just sitting there, like okay, swallow. I I forget for a second how to do it. Yeah, like it's, it's hard. not. Yeah, Tony, <laughs> do you have this? 
Uh, I've definitely not done it with a drink, and I'm trying to f- I'm trying to remember why. But I uh, kind of what you were saying, Allison, though, whereas I feel like there was something that I've done where I had to. I don't know if it was like taking some sort of medicine that was gross or something. I don't know, but I yeah. definitely have some sort of memory of struggling to swallow, and I cannot recall why. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like this should be not something I have to tell myself to do, but sometimes I have to tell myself. Right. <laughs> My, I have a just mirror, everyone, um, which is also drink-related. Sometimes I will take a pill, like an allergy pill or different kind of pill, with coffee, just because it's like the beverage that I have at on hand. And if it's warm, I always think to myself, I wonder if this is a bad idea because I wonder if I'm causing the pill to dissolve faster than it's supposed to because it's been touched by the heat of the drink, which is actually, now that I hear myself say it out loud, that's kind of silly because the pill touched the coffee for like one second and is then dropped into like churning stomach acid, right? <laughs> so that's probably, I don't know, but I do always wonder if that's bad to take a pill with a hot liquid. I feel like I I have maybe had that thought before. It, it would make, that is intuitive to me, even though, as you say, it's going to plunge to its death anyway. <laughs> but um, but it does seem like maybe you're Maybe you're dissolving it quickly. Yeah. And maybe you want it to dissolve quickly. Right. I, well, that's the other thing. Like, maybe it's good that this Zyrtec is going to be all, you know, <laughs> a, a broken apart. I don't know. But like a time release pill. I don't know. I'm going to need a doctor or a beverageologist to weigh in. Okay. Go. Let's see here. Shannon Hurley says, Fr- frantically whitening my teeth now that mask mandates are being lifted. I have thought about doing that. However, the last time I tried to use a Crest white strip, which I find those to be pretty mild. I like the glamorous white uh, version of those. I find them to be the most glamorous. Uh, but I put it on and then I got in the shower and then I was like, oh, unrelated to the shower. Um, I, I lasted, I don't know, five minutes. And then huh. it like... I got that zinging nerve pain and I was like, great, I guess I'm now so sensitive that I can't even do these. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have fairly sensitive teeth, so I don't do those except for very big occasions, mm-hmm. like a few pre-wedding or a few pre, I don't know, some big TV show or something like that. That's right. about the only time I try it. Um, your teeth are like sparkling white. You just have naturally white Thank teeth. Thank you. Um, maybe. I think so. I did get on my husband's dental plan, which is better than did, I had before. Have you ever done? <laughs> I don't want to brag. <laughs> have you ever done the professional whitening with the trays and all that? No, just the regular cleaning. Okay, maybe I should try though. Um, maybe I'm just drinking less coffee. I'm still drinking tea though. See, I my concern is that tea might actually stain more than coffee. It could. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I did the whitening trays at the doctor's o- at the dentist's office like twenty years ago. Was it that long ago? Roughly that. Um. And then there's sort of this upkeep that you do. But I used to either do the trays or the white strips like before any live show or TV appearance or I mean not everything, but I always did it. And now I really can't do it very often because it just is too uncomfortable. But I, I feel like, you, like putting on your best face when you get back air, out there in the... Uh, yeah. But I also feel like a lot of people are in a place. So don't don't sweat it too much. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people are emerging. Right. Yeah. And like also a, a lot of people are still going <laughs> to wear masks. Yes, that too. Mm-hmm. 
Chode to Joy. Poker hands are better in movies or TV than in real life. No one gets four of a kind every other turn, and there are a ton of games that end in an eight winning as a high card. Yes, I agree with this. I never thought about it, but I do agree with it. I have not thought about it because I have a thing where I can't remember card games. Mm. I have a, I have really good retention for most things. Card games, it's like I wake up anew every day. <laughs> I'm and not great either. I, yeah, it's like memento over here. I don't know what <laughs> we played yesterday. And so poker hands, I just kind of like read the room if I'm watching a movie. Like, is that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> Which, yeah. I every time I play poker, I, I know it just not regularly. I also have to like bone up on what's what. Yeah. And I like it when I learn and enjoy it for maybe a couple days in a row and mm-hmm. then it's pff, gone. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like Las Vegas? Okay, no, not (laughs) really. But here's the thing. So I don't dislike Vegas. I've had nice times there. I just feel like I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And part part of that might be that I'm not a big gambler. Um, But I have several friends who really enjoy it and sort of the spa experience and the pool party and finding a nice hotel. And I'm, it's in it's in my it's on my wish list to do Vegas with a couple of those girlfriends, yeah, and get the vibe so that I can understand right i Tony, where are you with Vegas? Kind of yeah, somewhere in the middle i I used the first several times I went, I really liked it, and I've found that the more I go back, um I like it a little less and less each time um i'm going I was also going a lot for a while because I years ago dated a girl who uh her family lived there. So we would end up going there a lot. But even even that was like, you know, going into Vegas technically, but like not, you know, her family obviously didn't live on the strip or something <laughs> like that. So uh but still it was a little little too much Vegas for me. Um but now that I'm not going nearly as often, I do kind of occasionally find like especially since I've hardly been anywhere in a year, I've kind of been wanting to go. Yeah. But uh yeah, more so just like the like I like getting like try to find like a nice room and, and just uh do what it's not like a the like party you know because I, I think some people that's the thing is like that's their whole year like they're like saving up and like vegas is like their big getaway that, yeah. and they're just gonna go fucking nuts while they're there and i don't i don't like it that. i feel like that's a young person's game yes i know but I, was- I also i also think there's a lot of like middle america middle-aged people that also do that probably growing up we went all the time because it was Occasionally we went on like real vacations, but usually our getaway was Vegas. So Mm -hmm. my sister and I know Caesars Palace and Desert Inn. Well, the the way they used to look, they've been expanded and changed. I don't think Desert Inn's there anymore. But I mean, like, I feel like I grew up in those hotels. Um, And so my parents were those middle-aged. Well, I don't think they like went nuts or anything, but they were those middle-aged people who were like, that we would, they would get hotel babysitters for us. I mean, we played Kino, the whole nine. Um, and then when I turned 21, I learned how to gamble and I enjoyed it a couple times. But the last couple times I've gone, I didn't have the urge to gamble at, just like I can't whiten my teeth. I just don't want to gamble anymore. <laughs> They're unrelated. Um, yeah, I wish I liked it more because it's very convenient from LA. It's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just not for me. Yeah. My husband's never been before. And oh. we have uh, discussed, this might be, this is not totally on brand for your audience, but 
uh, I'm a UFC fan, so we wouldn't mind going to see uh, a fight if there's a decent one in the in the nearish. Well, not probably not while I'm pregnant, but uh, Tony, Tony, <laughs> take that out. That's off brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just say the 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 Venn diagram of UFC yeah. fans and Allison Rosen fans might. might that might not be a huge overlap. I mean, I feel um, like, well, we'll find out. You guys, if you watch USC, <laughs> let me, UFC, yeah. let me know. Or as my children call it, FUC. Um, <laughs> where we just let them keep doing that. Uh, and then the the last time I was in Vegas actually was for a debate uh, with CNN. Uh-huh. And I happened to get, I don't think it was because I was important or anything. It was just by chance. I got a really nice hotel room overlooking the Bellagio fountains. and Oh, nice. Super nice. So I had a great time that time, except that I was training for a marathon. And if there is one thing that the people of Vegas, the clientele of Vegas will shun you for, it's for running 16 miles along the strip. (laughs) That's not a... That's not the activity that we are doing in Vegas. But I didn't know where to go. And I was like, well, it seems well lit and pretty safe here. So I'll just do this. Was it not hot as hell? It was very hot. I I will recommend uh, the Cirque du Soleil show, Love. So good. It's amazing. Yeah. I'd like to go again. I've yeah. been, but I really want to go again. Um, you and your husband should go see a FUC show in Vegas and then go see <laughs> Love. Yeah, I want to see it again too, Tony. And then after that, I was like, oh my God, I'm a real Cirque head. I must love Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> so then we got tickets to O, which is the one where there's like, it's on the water. I mean, it's inside, but there's like a big pool. Not into it. Not no, I'd heard that you. one was good. I have, I almost have gone so many times, but never, never made it. It was, and I'm going to sound like um, someone who does not appreciate art, and I think I do appreciate art, but it was like very French and whimsical and weird, and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like maybe I just liked Beatles' Love. Yeah, it was I okay. Mean, yeah. yeah, it's hard to know. go wrong there. All right, well, it's on my list. I spent the whole time trying to figure out. How do they get out of this pool? (laughs) (laughs) In the same way that I just, I'm the person who likes to figure out how they do magic shows. Okay. Jonathan Pierce says, whenever someone says New York City, all I can think of is the old Pace Picante salsa commercial. Yes. Yep. New York City, get a rope. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's all I can think of, but it definitely pops into my head every time. But I mean, cheers to whoever wrote that yeah. commercial that yeah. it has stuck around for all of us in the face of the branding of New York City. We all still think New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Ken Farley says, whenever I walk by someone with a dog, I have to say hi, even if it's just to whisper hi, buddy, because my puppy friends can hear me, right? Also, same with duckies, gooseys, robins, tur- turtles, pretty much any animal, including bees. Um, I'm trying to think if I do this. I don't know if I have to say hi, but I definitely react to any dog anywhere. Yeah, I think I will at least smile at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I just I just transitioned to a dog high lady because I I just got I got a dog for the first time um in October and I'm in love with him. Scout, he's the, right? He's the greatest. Scout, he's a Belgian Malinois. Found him my my husband got him out in Washington State. He was abandoned on a farm out there somewhere. Wow. And he's fantastic. He's about a, a 18 months old. And now I find that I was I was not at all anti-dog before because mm-hmm. that would be 
sociopathic, but I, um, <laughs> but I have noticed when I go out uh, to friends' houses or to friends' barbecues that dogs respond to me now in a way they did not before. So I guess I'm putting out a vibe that uh, <laughs> I'm a big dog lady now. It's true, though. I'm in love with that dog. He's an angel on earth. It's what happens. Belgian Malinois, they're super highly intelligent, right? Uh, yes. And we, so we had looked for one, uh, as in a, in a puppy litter, uh, because mm-hmm. my husband trained canines at one point. Um, and so he has a lot of experience with this breed, which is generally, um, you would recognize it as a police slash Navy SEAL dog mm-hmm. <laughs> is the kind. Um, they're very energetic. They're very smart, but hard to handle if you're not experienced. So when he found this, uh, this dog at a rescue, out there, they only wanted to adopt him out to someone who had experience. A lot of times people will get overwhelmed and bring them back. And so they're wary about that, understandably. Um, so my husband, my my first time dog owner experience is skewed because I'm married to a literal professional drug, dog trainer. That's so convenient. <laughs> yes. Um, but also the dog is just freaking amazing. He's, he's great. And I, I thought the issue was going to be that he wouldn't be able to chill because uh-huh. I, I need a dog who can chill sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he's very good. He runs. He runs all his laps or goes for his. We throw the ball for him. He gets his thirteen to eighteen miles a day in. Seriously, oh my god! Joke. He just runs laps in the yard for forever. <laughs> um, and if he doesn't run enough, he comes in and bites things and like chews on the couch and stuff. Mm. So I know that he hasn't had enough exercise laps, and I send him back outside or take him out. Um, but yeah, he's been great. Full dog mom. More pictures of my dog than my kids now. Had he been a working dog before? Do you know? No, I don't think so. He was uh, he was fairly young, um, and they just found him out in somebody's yard, an abandoned property. Well, I and, love uh, looking at his pictures. He's super duper cute. Do you have a hey go fuck yourself? Ooh, I don't know if I have a hey go fuck yourself. It's okay if you don't. I, w- I would like to... I, there's not a lot of wind up to this one, but uh, I... Oh, I don't want to be too mean and say, hey, go fuck yourself to people who enjoy pregnancy, even though sometimes I think that. Um, I feel like you're, <laughs> you're entitled to say that if you want. But I would, like to, I would like to say that just to the hyperemesis and this particular version of the miracle of life that I am living, even though I'm blessed and it's beautiful, it's just so much vomit. And to that, I would like to say, hey, hey. Thank you both for that wonderful Hey, go fuck yourself and also for knowing the order of how to do it. Yeah, well, I think you know, that was I'm the seasoned listener. Well-executed uh, version right. of that we've ever had, I think. That was tr- truly. Um, all right. We have a few questions that listeners sent in on Patreon. I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, bonus episodes weekly. Zoom parties. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. It's I'm having so much fun with it. Um, you can watch a video of the Thursday shows and so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. And I will. Um, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you sign up for an annual subscription, so sign up for a year, you get two months free. So if you like a deal, that is the plan for you. 12 months for the price of 10. Okay. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. 
right. Jay Mel- Melville says, will we be seeing anything new from the oldest Delia's model in the near future? <laughs> yes, uh, I should put up something new. Um, because I've been so sick, I haven't done anything uh, for a while. Uh, and my Rent the Runway subscription is getting all wonky because of the pandemic. They had to change their business model. Mm. So I got I to gotta work on getting some stuff. But, and this is a little bit just me or everyone, I, maybe I'm just too old and I know there's this whole jeans discussion between generations. I'm having trouble styling baggy jeans and it stresses me <laughs> out. Um, and so I, kn- I don't know if I'm ready to debut that. Like I yeah. understand low rise jeans, but not putting those on while I'm pregnant. Um, so high rise baggy jeans I'm working on. Is that what's in style now? I'm so out of out of touch with what's in style. So yeah, high baggy rise baggy straight leg. You know what I know what I saw I, I heard of and I had to look it up. I'd never even heard of it. Do you know what lettuce waist is? No. It's like like the top is almost almost ruffled. It's like cinched looking. Oh, like paper sack sort of kind thing. of, but not exactly. I d I don't yes. I don't think I like it. It's it just my eyes just take a while to adjust to I mean, uh, new we're fashion. In a very, we're in a very a lot of it is in a very n- early 90s mom at Disney World kind of phase. <laughs> yes. And you'd think I would be comfortable with that. But I, I also have gotten used to like, hey, why do I go to the gym if I don't wear these skinny jeans? Like this is <laughs> like nothing's big enough to show if I got baggy jeans. I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't graduated to having a booty while in baggy jeans. I, right. I'm not I'm not built for that. Um, explain oldest Delia's model for anyone who oh. doesn't know. <laughs> so this is a is brilliant my- idea. This is my very, my very productive pandemic era project, um, which is just an Instagram of s- me styling aspirational 90s clothing that I kind of never wore because I was a dork when I was in, in the 90s and couldn't afford Delia's, which was a very popular catalog at yeah. that time. Um, and then I noticed everything was sort of coming back in. Now it's even more in in the last year since I started that. Um, and I thought, you know what? Delia's hits a lot of sweet spots for a lot of the people who follow me <laughs> on on Instagram. So uh, let's all take a, a a time a time travel back to the to the mid nineties and and style myself with like eighteen barrettes and three <laughs> pigtails. And, I love it. Um like there's an old <laughs> Chanel saying that's like look at yourself in the in the mirror and uh before you go out and remove one accessory. Right. It was the opposite in the nineties. Just go hard. Go yeah. hard. As many as you can find. <laughs> anyway, it was it's been a fun time. Um, we'll have to see how I style pregnant Delia's model. I don't know. Yeah. Seth Eisenberg, I really appreciate you being a level-headed conservative voice on Twitter. I've been following you since your last appearance on the podcast. I found some people on both sides of the aisle worth following, but who would you recommend for other like-minded voices? Um, so let's see. Uh Obviously, I have to recommend my 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 best friend and co-author at Guy P. Benson, um, who is so he so he's like a a Trump critical conservative on Fox, uh, and so he obviously suffers different slings and arrows than I get for the most part. But we're we're usually in about the same position. So if you like me, you like him. He's also more active than I am. So depending on how much political Twitter you want, uh, my friend uh, at Carol is a New York Post columnist. Uh, and if you are interested in, for instance, the going back to school debate, mm. uh, she's been very 
she's from New York. She's been very tough on Cuomo and very tough on uh, schools that are not trying to get back to school, which is the situation in a lot of um, urban settings, mine, mine included. Uh, and so if you like that kind of thing and parent stuff, she's also just funny. Uh, so there are t- two of my favorite follows. I'll try to think of some more as we're, as we're going along. Thank you. And uh, then I, I think like, I also enjoy just for unpredictability. I enjoy Greenwald because he's all over the place and I, I like that in people. Um, but that whole brigade, like the Barry Weisses and the, uh, Matt Taibbi, I think that is a nice group for following just to get like, sometimes you're going to be like, ah, right. What on either side, because they mix it up a lot, but I enjoy that in people. And I feel more and more like I relate to that group um, and libertarians who have always been weird outsiders to the political process uh, than where I've been traditionally. That group, how do they identify or how would you label them? I, so I think the, the way that most people identify them is by the medium, which is Substack. Like they all went and wrote for Substack from their more mainstream uh, publications. Uh, but ideologically, I think what connects them and what I connect with with them is a sort of annoyance with the conformity of major media mm-hmm. and that it is rewarded. Uh, and that sometimes, often, I would say that leads to bad journalism because you're not questioning things uh, in the way that you should. Um, now, that doesn't mean I always agree with their conclusions at all. Uh, but I do think I... I think conformity is a real problem in media and to have weirdos in the room is something that we need more often and that we just don't get enough of it. Um, and so too, too much of that can really hamper your ability to, to examine things. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitney C wants to know what's your favorite Southern food? Oh, uh, this is easy because it's my favorite food in the world and it's going to gross a lot of people out. Boiled peanuts. Wait, why is it going to gross them out? I've never had boiled oh, some peanuts. Pe- some people really hate the idea. Really? Of boiled peanuts. Um, that's a texture thing. Is it because they're, they're wet? Like, wet peanuts? Yeah, I mean, they're, wet nuts? They're like, yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like squishy peanuts. <laughs> Everybody's like, why would I like that? Um, I love them. You get them traditionally in the South and you have to pre- you have to go further South than North Carolina. Usually you got to be in South Carolina, Georgia. Um, you get them by the side of the road and the best places are just a, it's like a little, sometimes the bed of somebody's truck and they have a pot in there where they've been cooking boiled peanuts and uh, they just simmer there forever and ever and ever and a bunch of salt. And the best ones, the sign says P dash nut, not full. You don't want just like the guy from three eleven. You don't want full peanut written out. That's not the goal. Um, and so that guy is the guy you go to. He only takes cash. Peanut. <laughs> and you get your peanuts by the side of the road in the South. They're my favorite. Uh, actually, at one point during this pregnancy, um, right after Easter, I was so sick. It was before I had kind of figured out medication and gotten it a little bit more under control. And for that entire week after Easter, I was just in bed. I couldn't do anything. And I didn't really eat so much until Thursday of that week. And I found at the bottom of my freezer... <laughs> That her friend had brought back from Alabama a like a frozen bag of boiled peanuts. And I was like, maybe, maybe <laughs> I can eat those. So I took them out and I defrosted them and I ate them on Thursday. And I was like a new woman. Wow. Because it's, well, it's protein and fat salt. and salt. It's all yeah. the things that your body's missing 
uh, if you have not been able to eat successfully for several days. And so now I can truthfully say that boiled peanuts kept me out of the hospital. I mean, that was <laughs> that I now owe them so much. Go nuts. Um, yep. OK, do they come in the shell? Yes. So, so you it's a peeling situation. Mm-hmm. And then they're soft like a bean. Yes. Like as soft as a bean. Yes. Sometimes softer. My gosh, and I've never very had this. salty, like so, so, so salty. <laughs> Tony, have you had them? I don't think I have actually. But I must push back to mm-hmm. use the uh, the the young people's parlance, Please, I or just the it. annoying people. Yeah, I must push back on this idea that you can only get them from the bed of a truck in the swamp. Um, I'm taking some liberties with what you said. Could yeah. you make them? Is it something that someone can make yes. at their house? In fact, after that incident, I did make them because um, I was like, well, I need some sort of backup in case I get really sick again. Uh, now, here, but this is, this is a fine line with hyperemesis, which is you don't want to eat your favorite food so much that you associate it with throwing up, right? right? So, like, <laughs> it's just for emergency use. <laughs> so, at any rate, yes, you can make them yourself, but you have to order or buy raw peanuts, they cannot mm. be roasted. Right. Um, and then you can instant pot them or you can crock pot Ooh, them. Instant pot. That's Either a fun way. idea. Yeah. That's but they have, I and mean, they're just like floating in salt. Just. <laughs> I got to try have a hypertension problem. This is not for you. I need to try these. I need to try fried green tomatoes. Have you had those? Oh, yeah. Wait, but that I mean, is, I really. Is that kind of just like fried zucchini but with a tomato inside? Is it have a no. batter? Yes, it has a it has a batter. It's a little more tangy okay. than that, and uh, and it generally comes with sort of a, a spicy remoulade sauce, which is yummy. This, I think I'm just hungry. Um, and then the la- I would say second second to boiled peanuts is pot liquor, which is a real weird Southern food, which is <laughs> just just the runoff from your collard greens, like the water that you cook your collard greens in is another dish. Is it a drink? Uh, so, yeah, it's like a broth. What's it called? <laughs> pot liquor? It's called pot liquor. And it's good? I love it. It's like a salty and green... Yes. Liquid? Because you, you make it with, like, pork and oh. collards, right? So, so you get like all that broth. cooked out of it. I love it. And I had put it aside, and my very clean husband... This is for New Year's, because on New Year's we eat collard greens and black-eyed peas in the South mm-hmm. um, for good luck. And so I had made it on New Year's Day... I had gone far and wide to find collards because they sell out. I found them. I cooked them. I put my pot liquor aside and my very neat husband oh, no. poured it down the drain and I nearly cried because I, I eat it about once a year because that's, <laughs> I was like, the collards aren't the point, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. To be I'm fair, so- it, it does look like nothing. <laughs> Now, when but but do you put it in a glass or a bowl? How do you eat it? In a in a bowl. Although he left me so little, like I had a tiny bit left mm-hmm. in the collards, so I just drank it out of a shot glass. <laughs> but typically, high- when your husband typically- hasn't destroyed your dreams, then it's in a bowl with like a spoon. Typically, a bowl with a spoon. I'm yeah, with to- some cornbread in it. Gonna, oh, that with sounds delicious. <clears throat> I mean, the cornbread part. Tell me about your Substack. Um, so yeah, I started at mkhammer.substack.com. Um, and there's a paid and a free version. And I, I just, I felt like I, I felt like I had a lot to say. <laughs> no, I, felt, I felt like I had 
some things to say um, about sort of emerging into life again post pandemic and that I didn't know where to put those thoughts because they're sort of these are it's a bit more of a personal essay and mm-hmm. um, and not easily pitchable all the time. And I thought, well, OK, people know my story. They follow me and they and they know that I with some expertise, I can talk about um, rebuilding a life essentially, uh, which is what a lot of people have to do post pandemic. And so I started writing about that and just sort of my more emotional, personal essays. Um, And it, it may deal with some more political stuff at times, but more, I would like to think more ideas than politics, per se. And how, how frequently are you publishing there? Uh, I'm trying, I was trying to do once a week, and then I got very sick. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about once every two weeks right now, but I will try to step it up without spamming all of you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I think uh, it's a lot about sort of, there was, uh, for my birthday, I wrote about um, uh, Kurt Cobain died on my birthday when I was 14. And that was very, it was a huge moment. I watched it on MTV News in the yeah. newsflash. Um, it was a huge moment. Even at the time, I knew this was like a cultural touchstone. And, but I don't think I really registered registered it so much as as anything other than like, oh, I'm going to blithely go back to to life as a teenager. Um, I thought it was sad. I remember thinking like uh, lost potential, like songs we could have heard that mm-hmm. we'll never hear. Um, and Dave Grohl spoke about it this year uh, when asked about the death of Kurt Cobain. And he said something that to me feels it's very true about early grief and what people may be feeling going back into the world, which is the next day after Kurt Cobain died, he woke up and he said like, you know, basically what, what what am I doing here? What is going on? What has happened? Uh, and but after those big thoughts, he had to do everything again. He had to do everything in his life again. He had to have the first cup of coffee after Kurt died. He had to put on his first outfit after Kurt died. Take his first shower mm-hmm. after Kurt died, and how that all felt bizarre. And I think that's where some people are right now. And I'm pretty I'm very passionate about the idea that. If we let our anxiety from this year, which in many cases was real, and I think sometimes maybe exacerbated a little too much uh, mm-hmm. by the by the sort of by being shut in and taking in all the media, um, if we don't recognize it and try to conquer it and talk to therapists about it, um, then we'll be missing out on so much. There's yeah. so much out there, uh, and so learning to live again is a process, and it's going to take people a diff- differing amounts of time. Um, so I'm writing about stuff like that. <laughs> uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I, I need to sign up. I'm going to look up pot liquor and I'm going to sign. And I, this is not just words. I'm literally going to do this. Look, I'm gonna yeah. literally, literally going to look it up and then I'm going to sign up for your sub stack. I really should have signed up prior to now. And we are going to wrap up. But one more thing. I must talk about this. Okay. On Lady Brains, your mm-hmm. co-host, Kelly Ma- Maher. That's how you say it, right? Yes. yes. She and her husband got matching trucks. <laughs> yes. um, but the exact same model, exact same year and exact same color. And I didn't have a chance to listen to the whole episode. So maybe you got into this, but it just causes me stress. How are the, how do they tell the cars apart? Oh, this is easy. <laughs> so Kelly and I have this wonderful friendship. We've known each other forever. And she and I are, have the same personality and we are married to a man with the same personality. So we can bounce off a lot of marital issues with each other. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Kelly's truck is dirty and Mark's is not. <laughs> okay. That's it. I mean, it's very easy. At a glance, you can figure out whose is whose, unless Mark has taken hers to get cleaned, in which case it could get slightly mixed up. 
But okay. I think that's the only shit. And I, I also, I want to shout out her at Real Best Life, which is her Instagram. She is living an entire year off her land. And it was pandemic year. She started in August. And she's allowed only what's on her land or what she can barter for that someone else has produced on her land. And she's doing fantastic. She, and, and she's... It's such- it's been more than a year, right? Or did she start in August? No, she started in August, okay. and she'll, so she'll finish her year in August. Right. And it's just the problems and the problem solving inherent in trying to live off your tiny farm for a year are fantastic and interesting, and you guys will love it. Plus, there's cute goats in it at yeah. Real Best Life. Oh, yeah. What did she call the Itty Bitty Princess Committee? Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> cute baby goats. Every, yeah. She, she's got all sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, I have one more thing. Yes, please. Before we go. this I forgot to do it uh, in JMO's. This is an answer, I believe, to a JMO from last week. Okay. And I'll, so this is not TMI. It's not going to, it didn't end scary. I love I TMI. My, I put my hand in a uh, garbage disposal. disposal while it was running. <gasps> wow. Why? This might give you some insight into my husband's and my, my fireworks relationship. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was very angry at him and I just blanked on like living life and it was on and I heard something rattling and I was like, I got to grab that because I was so, I was right. like, I was very tunnel vision on being angry at my husband. Um, and the good news is it did not cause injury. Um, it was uncomfortable. And as soon <laughs> as I did it, I was like, I did the thing that right. everyone is horrified by. It was not a ghost. It was just me. <laughs> I did it to myself. And um, I cussed a lot. And I was like maybe slightly bruised mm-hmm. on my fingers. No, you it's d- not like... It didn't draw blood? Like, no. And it's not like chunk in the Goonies. Like I think that's what people are thinking is that it's going to go in there and just get... No, it didn't. It wasn't like that. And the, the, the little things inside were not very sharp. Well, so, this is good information. I... Yeah. yeah I thought... It's gonna it's so interesting. I thought it's gonna cut your fingers off. No, but I'm taking one for the team for you guys. Now I do not recommend it. <laughs> and so, you might have a you might have a different model than right. I do, but mine was pretty easy on me. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. So no, it didn't cut the skin at all. No blood. Nope. Nope. It did it stop it around a little bit? Once it came no. in contact, you you pulled out. Yeah, I, I was like out of there pretty quick, but uh, yeah, I would say lightly bruised on the fingers. This, I mean, this is on the ground, first person reporting. <laughs> this is I important should write work. this in my Substack. Yes, it would be huge. It would be huge. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast or following the podcast, depending on the terminology of the app in which you are listening. Leave us a nice comment um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Five stars is our favorite number. All of that helps out the show so much. Thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Also, I am on Cameo. I mentioned I'm on Patreon earlier. Mary Catherine, where can we find you and what should we look for? Uh, I am at MK Hammer on Twitter, but I, I'm not there a ton. Uh, MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I am there and you can see my handsome dog. Uh, and I am also at mkhammer.substack.com. And if I put out uh, any like any substantial news or uh, or content, we'll go there. So mkhammer.substack.com. Perfect. And just another plug for my Amazon shop where the eyeliner, other makeup. You can get the eyeliner. Yeah. I have my- one too. We're both... 
in we're We're in for real (laughs) um my pod gear my uh uh, daniel has a corner of my store uh stuff for the kids home stuff etc um amazon.com slash shop slash allison rosen tony where might we find you i am on twitter and instagram at tony thaxton and my podcast bizarre albums every tuesday and also check out a uh, song a week by don't stop or will die that comes out every wednesday that is a podcast i produce and also play drums on uh and uh, motion city soundtrack tour uh 2022 tickets are on sale now motioncitysoundtrack.com and don't stop or will die is going to be the, they will be the guests on the thursday show paul and That's michael right. so that'll be super fun of this yes. week um Awesome. Mary Catherine, thank you so, so, so much. I'm so glad that you did not hurl during this episode. I hope that the respite continues for at least, you know, another hour or so. (laughs) Me too. I try, I try my best. You know, I do, I keep a, I keep a receptacle handy, but we, we made it through. (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank you again. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Yeah, Alison Rosen is your new best friend.